When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday right here on Ball Don't Lie. Thanks to my man Patrick. He's the ideal in there that helps out with these things. Uh, you can always hit us up. Specs X Line is the best place for it. 512-337-3776. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse is at Hardball Harge. Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. Harge, what you got for the people coming up on Harge Knock Life? I'm going to talk a little bit about my weekend at the Dell Diamond yeah. and what you should expect tomorrow night at the Dish as LSU, number one ranked LSU, comes into the Dish tomorrow night. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, well, they are, expect, it's baseball, uh, though. It's baseball. I, so anything can happen. And remember, yes, you can, can hear it right here on 1049 The Horn. There Dang. it is. Boom. 615 like pregame. Starting the first pitch, 630. That's why go. he's the real That's MVP, right. keeping us on track. All right, let's talk. You know what? Before we get into the Texas men and their disappointing performance on the road versus Baylor and Texas baseball uh, winning their first series at home uh, but losing that game three, which uh, David Pierce, Coach Pierce did not seem very happy about that. Let's talk about Vic Schaefer's club, gentlemen, because uh, not only uh, do the ladies have a big game coming up tonight, but they also coming off a big win. Against the Sooners, because mm-hmm. uh, it is 405 and OU still sucks. There it it is. always will. Oh, man, through that. Yeah, too. yeah. I think they're going to add that. that on there, too. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Uh, but um, they got a game uh, tonight uh, versus Baylor. But I saw Coach Schaefer on the news. He's making He was on BE, too. He was morning. on BE. You brought that. I heard him on BE this morning as well. Did a great job. You can go uh, podcast that at hornfm.com if you need to. Uh, but he is pushing the 10,000 for. Is it 10,000 for 10,000? 10,000 yes. for 10,000. This is the uh, the, uh, the the charitable uh, campaign and push, and basically he is he needs you and us, all of us, to do our part and basically make sure that ten thousand they sell ten thousand tickets. Mm-hmm. All right, for the matchup tonight versus the Baylor Bears and Patrick. I'm not sure about all the details, but I believe they have different. Uh, Organizations that have joined so, yes, this I'll, promotion. We'll put out. Uh, this is what Vic Schaefer tweeted out this morning. Okay, go. Yes. Uh, good morning, Texas. We are at nine thousand seven hundred seventy-five tickets sold for tonight's senior night for Texas women's basketball game. We need ten thousand fans, and then we will help write checks totaling a hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars to the Neighborhood Longhorn Program. Six p.m. tip on ESPN two, and of course, a one hundred five three. The bat. He didn't put that in, but I'll add it. Uh, <laughs> Shout out. But uh, but yeah, so a bunch of other people have joined in, and other companies and yeah, stuff yeah. have matched his ten thousand or put in whatever they're going to put in. Yep. So I mean, we were under two hundred and fifty away. And if anyone is curious 
of how much tickets cost. And if you haven't been to the Moody, it's a great chance it to is a, a great reason venue. for you tonight to go check out the Moody because the most expensive tickets you will buy right now are $15. Wow. Boom. If you need to save a little bit, $9 tickets available for tonight. So if you want to bring the kids out on a Monday night, you're like, man, I don't know what to do tonight. 6 p.m. game, go pick them up from school, go down to the Moody, enjoy a good basketball game. This Texas women's team is starting to hit their stride right now. They're playing really well. This is their game up right now in the Big 12 standings for the regular season uh, Big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. So it, they need this win against a Baylor team that has historically been a problem for Texas. So I, I, I think it's a great idea if you want to go out uh, tonight. And you, if you haven't checked out the Moody Center yet. Yes, this is I a mean, perfect this opportunity. Is, this is going to be probably your cheapest event to go check out the Moody Center for probably the rest of 2023. No question. So I recommend you go check it out tonight and go support these Lady Longhorns. The women's basketball team is uh, they're, First they're place. very good. They're really Number good. one in the Big 12, and Vic Schaefer's got that team. And trust me, you're going to be seeing Rory Harmon playing uh, basketball for a long time on her TV, so go see her right go now. Go check her out. Yep, they are 22-7 uh, and seven overall. Um, the ladies are, <laughs> one. I mean, they're leading the Big 12 right now, one of the better teams in the country. And that venue, the mood, is Just considered that. to be one of the top three best basketball, college basketball venues in the country as well. Hey, sure. man, and I know, I know from a man, Cameron, who runs the, uh, does what I do for men's games for the women's games, he's like, man, it's loud there for all the women's games. If you put 10,000 people in there tonight, whoo, you're going to probably have one of the loudest women's basketball games of the season tonight right. at Texas. So let's make that happen. That would be fantastic. And uh, got a lot of um, money that would go to a great cause, the Neighborhood Longhorns, one of my favorite charities as well. That's a really good one. I, used, I mean, that's I don't know how long it's been around, but it's been around forever. We used to no. actually volunteer as players uh, right. for Neighborhood Longhorns. So they've always been doing a lot of great work. So I uh, love that. And I'm I, I'm sure that before tip-off, before tip-off, 6, six o'clock? 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. Before, before tip-off, they'll hit the mark. We'll get... There'll be a tweet of some kind that, yes. boom, they hit the mark of 10000 If not, then, you know, I don't know how much I can do, but I'll go buy me a couple right, of tickets. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I don't know if I can even go, but I'll go buy a couple of tickets do my part. Ding, ding. You know what I mean? I just told Patrick during do the break, part. I got uh, four <laughs> tickets, 36 bucks. That's all it cost you? Boom. Uh, boom? That was four. All right. Yeah. See, I'm that's what I'm saying. Where, where else are you going to be able to go see that? See a good basketball game? For yeah. that amount of money at the Moody Center? At the Mood. At the Mood. Yeah. You can go either for the great basketball, you can go for the great venue, or you can go for both. You can yep. go for both? Yeah. For that price? <laughs> for, for that, that price. price. And Those. you can walk around the whole thing yeah. and check it all out. You can do a tour by yourself during the basketball game. It'd be a great time to take the kiddos out yeah. there. Yep. All right. This is the one you can afford to take all the exactly. kiddos out. Otherwise, you're taking one kid at a time. <laughs> hey, we're picking you the kid. Got, you got two weeks uh, from y'all, now. You got y'all two can, weeks y'all can FaceTime now. while I'm at the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Master Gardner says, not true. UT graduation on May 6th. Better be free or I ain't going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dog. They don't charge for graduation, dude. Maybe you'll be able to see the move then. That's right. If you're a ball on the budget like I am. All right. Uh, Texas men jumping over to that side. They lose to the Baylor Bears. Speaking of the Baylor Bears. Um, 81 to 72 guys they blew an 18 to 4 lead um and man basically they went eight minutes essentially this is the to me the biggest uh, storyline of the game essentially texas went eight minutes without scoring and that led to a 16-0 run for baylor and that's when the momentum drastically shifted in the game and it never truly shifted back to texas 
after that. Um, and sort of a lot of different storylines we can get into here. Uh, but I think we do, you know, we, I think we should um, give props to Dylan DeSue. I mean, we got to give that guy some props. He has scored a career-high 24 points. It's a shame that you wasted a career performance <laughs> right. from Dylan DeSue because he was motivated um, because he came out, I think, took six of the first ten shots, and half of those, he made three, I think, uh, two three-pointers as well. Um, so he was, man, he, he really was in his, in the zone pretty much for Texas, and that performance was not enough to lead them to victory. Well, and the one thing about it is I think the the game plan for – for Baylor was to let Dylan DeSue shoot, let him keep going, let him do his thing, and not let the other guys get going. Marcus Carr, subpar performance. You think Marcus Carr, and, and we'll get into it, but do you think Marcus Carr is getting tired? Do you think his legs are starting? Because all the shots that I saw, they were open looks. He just didn't hit them. And I believe that some of that has to do with his legs being tired him playing so many minutes throughout the season, and now that we're headed towards the back end of it, and and does he does it look like he needs to pick up more or get more rest at this time of the year? But it's hard for him to get rest. Yeah, and I mean he's having to do a lot more movement without the ball to try and get mm-hmm. away from these defenses. So it's you know it, it's going to be difficult. He did lose that weight during the off season, which we saw take a right. huge effect earlier in the season mm-hmm. of keeping his stamina up. I, I mean. I'm not – I think you need a little bit more rest, but that's going to be – you know, you're basically you – After get a the week, tournament? Yeah, so <laughs> you're the going tournament, to the yeah. tournament. Uh, but the, the problem with this Texas team right now is that their depth, other than Jabari Rice, yep. hasn't been great. I mean, Christian Bishop still plays good minutes for them. Uh, Brock Cunningham plays good <laughs> minutes. But as far as guard depth, they haven't really got Arterio Morris up to speed where – I mean, I'd like to see him in some more. They don't seem to want him in there as much. <laughs> Uh, so you're like, really, Artira Morris is the only other guy who can spell you for Marcus Carr, and they're using him somewhat in that Tyrese Hunter fill when he's not playing at a high level. So I, I don't know if you're going to need Tyrese Hunter to step up to where Mar- that'll give Marcus Carr a little bit more rest, but somewhere in there you're going to have to find a place for him to get a couple more minutes rest just trying to get into that. In a game like this against Baylor, the problem was you didn't want to rest him early because you're winning, and you're going, and you're like, let's build this lead up. And then when, by the time you're down, it is just excruciatingly tiring to yeah. try and play catch-up basketball because every possession is so important that by the end of the game, you're just you're just dead. Well, there's no margin for error. No, exactly. at there all. is um, none. And you start, it's like, I, I call it quicksand. You start yeah. sinking. The more the harder you fight, the, the deeper yeah. you end up sinking. Uh, those guys you just mentioned, the, the, the last three players you just mentioned there, Patrick, I even have the note there, they end up scoreless. Right. Brock Cunningham, yeah, or right. the, the Christian Bishop, and then Arterio Martin. You got nothing from either yes. one of those guys offensively. And not only that, he only took two shots. That's the part that was really crazy to me, that Brock only took two shots. Even if he's he's not really wanting to shoot from the outside, he gets some garbage buckets, and he didn't even get those. And then Christian Bishop, he's normally the guy that can come in and get physical and start talking a little bit of trash and get everybody going. And he didn't even have that happening at all. As you said, 12 points from Serge Jabari, and it, it wasn't one of his better games. No, it was not. You know, so you start looking at it and saying, okay, are these guys getting tired as a whole? Yeah, because when Keontae George goes out, guys, you I should have been gonna, attacking. I'm not going to lie. I got cocky and arrogant, yeah. and I shouldn't have. <laughs> as a tech, I figured we had the lead, and then Keontae George goes out the lead and score. I'm thinking, huh, all right, this is exactly what they need. 
exactly what they need. Yes. This, this really does set the tone for Texas. Right. They lost one of their best players. They lost one of their biggest offensive threats. This should make it a lot easier to defend Baylor. They're a tough team to defend because they got so much skill. Uh, but this will make it easier to defend them. And, hell, that's when they started the run. Yes. <laughs> it's like yes. that's when the run started. So that was disappointing, too, because I thought uh, if you told me before the game, Texas would have at one point eighteen to four lead, and Keontae George would also leave the game in the first half and wouldn't return. I go, okay, well, yeah. how much does Texas win by? And what's how many points yeah. Yeah. they win by? That would be the normal thought process. Mm, no, and I'll be, be like, yo, dog, they lost by nine. Exactly. You were like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it wasn't even a close. Like, actually, nah. Nah. It was, yeah. No, and there was yeah. the worst drought of the season again. The we, worst drive. Nine of the minutes, season. right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, or eight minutes, I think. It, it was, was from the minutes. nine minute mark to the one minute mark, basically. 16 0 run yeah. by Baylor. But it, it's not even 16 0 because it could have been 50 to 0 or 2 to 0. <laughs> eight minutes without scoring Doesn't is matter. an unbelievably, that is two media timeouts worth. And like that's you the have one thing that drives me nuts. Full, like two TV timeouts <laughs> in that period to turn it around and figure out something to just get to the free throw line and score some points. Or just to get a one shot to go in something, and that's they couldn't the do that in in eight minutes. That's that's absurd. That's the one thing that always drives me nuts too. And I'm glad you brought that up, Patrick. Is when you I, I have this conversation. It's, I know it's totally different because I'm talking to a 14 year old kid. I'm always telling him, dude, look at the foul count. Number one, look at that. And if the foul count is at a certain number, and you get the ball in your hands, they're going to foul you. Get to the free throw line and knock down free throws. That's the one thing that I'm always confused about with the Texas Longhorns. When you're going in a drought, what's the one thing you should try to do? Get fouled. Get into the lane. Get in there and attack it like you're playing against the Dallas Mavericks. You're going to get buckets. You're going to get buckets in the paint. Get there and attack the rim. It It drives me nuts because they will settle for jump shots when you know that you are in a drought, attack the rim. They attack m- it. I believe they made more free throws than Texas attempted. Because they don't ever go to the rim. So Yeah, it's right? ridiculous. That's one of those yeah, ugly they, that's one of those ugly stats that, that I've yeah that, that I believe that every I don't know the percentage of it, but I bet it's a really high success. They went rate. twenty-two of twenty-nine from the free throw line and Texas went eight of twelve. As I'm saying, like that's yeah. what you when something's <laughs> yeah. that lopsided. Yes, I, I mean the success rate is probably through the roof. And I would say this on the flip side of that, Texas forced 21 turnovers. You but were supposed I, to win that game. Only got 16 points <laughs> off of those 21. Exactly. Tur- I don't know how. I don't know how that. I got to go right. back and watch every turnover and see what happened on the turnovers. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you pretty much off the top of my head what normally happens on those is they slow it back up and then they go into that half court offense. That especially in games like this with a good defense and a good defensive coach, they just roll into yep. passing the ball, passing the ball forever, and then there's eight seconds on the clock, and it's a lot easier to play defense when your guy has to shoot, and you know that he has to shoot. Yep. Yeah, I can't believe that. That's a crazy number: twenty-one turnovers and sixteen points. So yeah, if you, if you told me before the game they'd have they'd force twenty-one turnovers, I go, oh man, I'm feeling good yeah, about Texas this. Did that. But it's that it's that drought. That drought was yeah. just, it was just debilitating. They never truly recovered from it. 
um, offensively. And I think you're right, Harge. They got to figure out a way. And this is on Coach Terry, too. You got to figure out a way to manufacture points. Then. You got to figure out a way nice. to get your team some relief at that time, no matter what it is, whether it's a you know a, a design play out of a timeout, whether mm-hmm. it's like you said, oh, no, we just got to get inside and get to the foul line, whatever it may be. You got to break that up. And they didn't do that well enough at all. Um, Timmy Allen, 12 points. Six of those came in the final like two and a half minutes. Yeah. So Timmy Allen wasn't much of a factor either offensively. You and need... he shot 70% from the charity strike. Yeah. I mean, that's what he's supposed to do. Get there, get <clears> fouled. <throat> but why'd you wait so long? You got to get there early. Yes. Yeah. I'm when your you. team is in that drought, go get it. So, uh, yeah. wait, I mean, it? when you can say we shot 45%, they shot 50%, <laughs> and they're able to beat us. <laughs> Solely on the fact that they shot way more free throws. Yes. Then you know, all right, well, we look, we're, we're not able to not foul because the refs are going to call the game the way they're going to call the game. But if we know that's the way they're going to call the game, we have to exploit that as well. Be aggressive. Be, be, be aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> I'm down with that for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. That's uh, probably one of the more disappointing things about it. But Texas has not lost back-to-back games all season long. Yep. Texas men have not lost back-to-back games all season long. And they, have they, have they, they don't have a bad loss. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about the the way it looks. Right. But I'm just talking about the team that they're going up against. Texas have a bad loss. Yeah, that K State game. Yeah, it's K State. The K State game where they put up uh, a record number of points on us at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. That, that was a bad loss. Yeah, it's a bad loss. I mean, the they way- were able to bounce back from it and yeah. play and get better, but that was a bad loss. There's, That's a bad there's loss. no way cutting around, hey, we allowed them to score a record number of points <laughs> in 40 minutes. <laughs> Very true. That's a bad one. Yeah. But they haven't lost back-to-back, so hopefully right. they, they're resilient um, with this matchup, too, uh, coming up another road game. And they got to go against, speaking of, K-State. Purple Kryptonite. No, they're going TCU. TCU. Oh, TCU. So I said, Purple Kryptonite. Yeah, they got to go to play at TCU. So uh, we'll talk more about Texas basketball a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but they lose to the Baylor Bears, 81-72. Um, and they haven't won there at the Ferrell Center since 2016. Which that's is a, crazy That's to a me. long yeah, time. Scott Drew is a good coach, and he knows how to coach against Texas. Y- yeah. That's very fair. He's motivated against yeah. Texas. That's pretty damn obvious. Yep. Um, all right, everybody's motivated against Texas, even Indiana. Uh, they, seem yeah. to, they got them a win over Texas baseball. They got one. They, they got their one. They got their one in yeah. game three. Uh, Coach Pierce blamed the basic lack of communication, and he's brought up a term you talk about a ton, Harge, that you have uh, said a lot on this show, situational baseball. That's it. The lacking in situational baseball. So that's what he blamed for uh, the team end up losing their focus and losing game three. They did win the series against Indiana, um, and now they, so they, won, they lost three in a row. I then won three in a row, <laughs> yeah. and then now they lost their last game. So yeah. still under five hundred, but uh, showing signs of improvement. Well, see, and that's the that's the other part of it as well, where you start to look at this team. And again, I'm not making any excuses for them because I, I've got a chance to see other teams and watch the way that they play. Um, they're pretty talented across, even with young players. I think the communication part of it, and this is something that Coach Pierce talked about. Last week, I think that they need to do a better job with each other, coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You got a guy at first base that's coaching first base that used to be a head coach. Make sure he's standing by the guys when they're getting the signs. If That way there's no hesitation on the misses. So there needs to be better communication between the coaches as well. And I wouldn't always say that he – I couldn't say that this was the most embarrassing loss. I think that's a little harsh 
when you're mm-hmm. talking about a baseball game where things happen a lot. Did they miss some signs? Yeah. People have missed signs throughout the time of baseball. Is it the, the card didn't look right? Okay. Then, then maybe we can address that. But as far as saying that that's the most embarrassing, you've coached a lot of baseball in your career. Don't, don't, don't put it out there with all these guys like that. Don't put it out there and say that this is where they are. I mean, I know this is the University of Texas, and you, you want to stand it to a different level. It's game five. Game six, game seven. You know, if it's happening game 10, 11, going back to what we were talking about yeah. earlier with the pitch clock and all that other stuff, then we got a, a real problem. Maybe this was the first time you put those things on as well. For them to miss it like that and you to say that, I thought that was a little bit harsh, but I'm not the head coach and he's going to okay. say whatever he needs to say. But overall, as this team continues to grow, they're going to they're gonna, – they're going to have some ups and downs. They're going to have some hiccups. They may come out tomorrow and play LSU and be dead on and be ready to go because that's what baseball. That's how baseball go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a chance to watch them this weekend, and they are as great as, as advertised, but they lost. It happens. They lost to Iowa. They lost to Iowa. Yeah. But, you know, there's things that go into the game that you're going to see that may not happen every single day. And if – and then if there is a situation where you feel like guys are messing up, don't run them. You're still in charge of that. You can say not go. You know, there's so many different things. If you if you believe that they're not getting what you were trying to put out there, you're still in control of that and you can hold everybody up. And is the so uh for the the novice baseball fan, the assumption is from the comments by David Pierce that the guys Either didn't 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 rec- recognize the signs or read them properly. Didn't read them properly. He said okay. reading the card. Reading the card. Reading the card. And, and the card refers to the the wristbands the wristband. okay. that everybody has on there. And right. I was <laughs> I was in the dugouts this weekend, and I was looking at some of these wristbands. I'm like, how much stuff is on these wristbands? I mean, like, what are we doing? How much stuff is on it? Like, you're is it- worried about somebody stealing your signs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We we're playing baseball. People are gonna steal signs anyway, and even then, that maybe they picked up something that you gave. You know, because it happens. You're you're throwing numbers over there. Mm-hmm. If they're continuing to watch you do numbers, maybe they figured out something. Yeah. You know, some people are really good at that stuff. Yeah. Just they're finding really the, good the patterns and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. It's interesting, but yeah, he was upset. Coach Chris right. was very upset about the way his team performed. I think he just wanted that sweep. Yeah, and I think he wanted it badly, and he knows his team could have gotten it. And it also, you know, he wanted to sets win. Sets the going precedent too. He wants he sets the precedent for the rest of the year. You know what I'm saying? You can go out there, and I'm not I'm not defending the players. I'm not defending Coach Pierce, but you can you can make a point to everyone to pay attention, and that could be the coaches, that could be the players, that could be everybody. And he could have been mm-hmm. relaying that message to everybody, like Augie, but mm-hmm. on a different level. When Augie came in there, I got to live with this for as long when he gave that famous rant. Yeah, that type of situation, and he just did it that way. Yeah, make every so, make, make it, everybody force everybody yeah. to look at themselves exactly. uh, in the mirror a little bit and have exactly. a little accountability. I'm with you on that. Real quick, uh, before we go to break here, because uh, you got Harsh Knock Live coming up, you're going to get into LSU and what what I saw this weekend and what you can expect tomorrow. Some names that you need to pay attention to. Yeah, I I also think Coach Pierce wanted his team to go into that matchup with LSU confident. Yeah, and on a winning streak. Absolutely. 
Like that, that would, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> exactly. I think he, they he, built different. That's why I think he wanted them to be confident going in. And I think if you can't make them confident going in, and I think he went the opposite. That's why he went to the extreme of, yep, yep. you know what, I'm just going to go off. Yep. And then I'll have everybody, maybe they'll be on pins and needles, and right. maybe I'll apply more pressure to them. But I want to see what these guys are made of going into this matchup. Right. And so we'll, yeah. we'll see. We will. No doubt. We'll no see. Doubt. All right, we got Harsh Knock Life coming up next. Uh, we're talking more baseball. Texas, LSU coming up tomorrow. My man Harsh got a close-up and personal um, evaluation and scouting report on the LSU Tigers. We'll talk about that when we come back right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a um, Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Harge. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. You can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And this weekend, I was fortunate enough to uh, – Worked the Carbot Classic D1 Baseball, put it together, and the folks over at Peak Events, they did an outstanding job. And if you were able to get out to uh, uh, Dell Diamond, you got a chance to see the live and in living color road show, which is the LSU Tigers. Go Tigers is all I kept hearing <laughs> the entire weekend. And let me just tell you this. They travel well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday afternoon, a lot of people there Saturday night, so or Saturday afternoon, tons of people there, and then last night as well. As they did win the um, Carbach Round Rock Classic, they got a championship belt. It was really cool to see. There's a lot of talent on that field. Uh, first look, LSU was n- number one team in the nation, and they fit that bill perfectly. Uh, Iowa came in, played well. They beat LSU. They had a pitcher that threw the first pitch of the game for for Iowa, threw the first pitch of the game at 100, the second pitch of the game at 101. Mm, what? He's, a, he's a sophomore. His name is Brody Brecht, and he's also wide receiver on the football team. Oh, he won a damn? He's won a damn damn. Okay. Very athletic, yeah, good-looking kid, yeah. strong, uh, fits the bill. He, he look, Let's put it like that. He passes the eye test. He's going to play in somebody's league. He's going to play in somebody's league. league. He's going to play in one of them leagues. The bad thing about it is he (laughs) played wide receiver for Iowa, and last year was Iowa's worst scoring season. As a matter of fact, they put the – remember, they put the offensive coordinator – on uh, a, uh, oh, that's right. They got he's got to check in with the athletic director because it's Kirk Ferentz's son 
which is why we were talking about nepotism right. earlier. Right. Yeah, he he's on yeah. probation, so uh, to speak. Hey, transfer portal. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Believe me, there will be some people looking at him, especially the way that he was throwing the ball. They play good. Uh, they had a player make Sports Center top ten with a play in right field, which was outstanding. Uh, number three team that was there was Sam Houston. They hit the ball well, and they make loud outs as well. They were undefeated going into the weekend of the tournament, uh, but they faced a pissed-off LSU, and they had to take it. I don't know what what they were thinking, but they were like, man, they didn't get that many hits against that dude yesterday. We're going to have to take it. They took it. And Mm -hmm. K-State is a team that didn't play all that great. They went – 0-3 the entire weekend. It's a team that I think is going to get better once they figure everything out. They had some draft-eligible guys that all the scouts were talking about, and I have a bunch of buddies that are scouting that were here, and it was a great weekend for baseball. But I want to just run through a couple names that I want everybody to pay attention to. The first name I need you to pay attention to is Dylan Cruz. He's a junior. He's been playing since the day he walked on campus. He's from Florida, Good-looking right-handed center fielder, beautiful athlete. Mm. And just just every time you hear him hit a ball, it is loud, and he can play and cover center field just smooth. Got a great arm in center field. I mean, he's a 1-1 type of guy. Like, he will be the first pick overall. He's the number one player. Oh. He's the number one player in the nation in college baseball and in high school as well. He's been mocked to be the number one overall draft What's pick. his name again? His name is uh, Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz. You won't see Paul Skeens, but you have seen Paul Skeens before. He was the guy that pitched for Air Force, played pitcher and catcher. Now he's strictly pitching for LSU. Uh, Texas was in on him. He ended up going to LSU, and he too is a guy that will be in the top of the first round because the way he was pitching on Friday – throwing like 96, 97 miles an hour. But the best part about him, his fastball, he was having a tough time locating, hitting you with that slider. It was unbelievable. He was spotting, Hmm. did a great job. Also, I think he punched out 11 guys again this weekend, (laughs) which is, yeah, is expected. For him. You got to – exactly. (laughs) Here's a cool story that I'm very intrigued by this young man because the more and more I talk to people, he went to IMG, so you already know what that is. You go to IMG, you're a pretty doggone good player. Kid just literally turned 18 years old. And he's been, I'm talking about season started, he was 17. As the season's gone on, he's 18. He's been catching every single inning of the season. He's He's been the mm. starting catcher, and he's got all the raw talent, and he will be a guy. He was drafted 17th round out of high school, decided that he wanted to come to LSU, rightfully so, yep. because he's on a team that can contend to for the championship as well. But you just look around the whole entire end. They got Trey Morgan, first baseman, slaps the ball all over the place. He was playing left field this weekend, which was interesting to me. He was he ran into the wall in left field. He's normally a first baseman, gold glove type of first baseman. They had him playing outfield so he could show some versatility for the scouts. And they got that big kid that I was about to tell you about that can slap the ball. That's a freshman as well. He went out there, ran into the wall, and then he had to sit out game two, but he ended up playing game three. They took him out precautionary. Tommy Tanks is what we call him, Tommy White. Tommy Tanks. Tommy Tanks. I like that. uh, He hadn't even started hitting yet, by the way, guys. He hadn't even started hitting yet. 
And he is a guy that is going to be a high draft pick as well. He's a sophomore. He transferred in from North Carolina State. He's the guy that you're going to want to pay attention to. Last night they had Chase Shores, 6'8", 245 pitcher. You heard me. 6'8", 245. He's kind of light for 6'8", ain't he? 6'8", 245. But when you're standing next to him, he don't look like he's light. 6'8". 6'8", 245. They got a guy coming out of the back uh, out of the bullpen named Christian Little. He was a pitcher at uh, Vanderbilt last year, transferred in 6'4", 225. We may get a chance to see him tomorrow. They have another pitcher, DJ uh, Primo. He's a younger guy. Not sure if you're going to be able to see him. Riley Cooper. We kept calling him Chris Stapleton, left-handed pitcher, <laughs> left-handed pitcher, long hair, good-looking dude on the mound, bigger guy, 6'2", 270 on the mound, but he was dealing as well. They have arms on top of arms on top of mm. arms, and it's going to be fun to watch and see how Texas goes about it this week, uh, tomorrow. Uh, the kid that I was telling telling you about, his name is Jared Jones, 6'4", 230. He had a ball that hit off the wall in like three seconds. That's how hard he hits the ball. And if if you are a season ticket holder and you have access to be able to get there tomorrow to watch batting practice, yeah. just go watch that. Mm. Just go watch that and listen to the sounds of the bat. Now, look, they got beat. They got beat by Iowa. I'm not saying Texas can't go out there and do well, but when you see a team like this, you understand where we are trying to go at the University of Texas because of the players that they've brought in, whether it's the transfer portal, whether it's these young freshmen that are coming in that are contributing right away, and the pitching staff. They just look different. That's all it is to it. You've seen it when we watched Alabama football come in here. We saw it when we saw LSU football come in a couple Mm -hmm. years ago. They're just different. And that's the, the the mindset of a baseball player or if you're trying to look and see where you want to go and, and if you're at the University of Texas and you want to make sure that you show up and you're saying, okay, I want to play at Texas, this is what it's going to look like because we're going to the SEC. That's right. This is an SEC team that you're going to be playing against all the time. Mm-hmm. And you played them here last year and you beat them. This is a different ball club for Texas. This is a different ball club for LSU. But when you walk in there and you just look at the physiques and you look at how they prepare themselves and you look at how they go about every day, I got a chance to see it for three days. They may be totally different elsewhere. I don't know. But what I got to see for three days straight is something that I'm like, okay, this is very interesting to me. And this is what a team that is going to try to compete for Omaha, this is where Texas needs to be. I'm not saying they're far off. I'm not saying they're close. This is what it looks like. And like I said, they may go out there, LeBaron Johnson, if he's going to be the starter mm-hmm. tomorrow, he may go in there and carve him up <laughs> because he's going to be that guy. The guy for Iowa was effectively wild because he threw all that he could throw. And he could, yeah. he, he wasn't a true pitcher just yet. And that's where LeBaron's trying to go. He's trying to be that pitcher. And we heard Coach Pierce talk about the relationship that he has with Woody. Woody Williams, and that's going to be a huge relationship to mend and watch for the rest of the year because if he can get LeBaron right, he got a chance. He's got a big chance, and he could be one of those day one guys uh, in the draft when when it's his time, but he's got to get that honed in. And if he can do that and let him pitch, 
he's going to be all right. But this is all I'm saying to you is get out there and get a chance to walk, watch this game because this is a very, very impressive baseball team just by the sheer numbers. Dylan Cruz is hitting over 500 right now, and it's allowed mm. 500. Yesterday he went five of six at the end of the year. I mean, wow. at the end of the tournament. He went five of six, got the MVP, and he had three doubles in the game. He had three doubles in the game. And he has an absolute cannon in center field. That is crazy to be that loaded. To be I guess that that's loaded. why they're expected to win it all. That's why they're expected. <laughs> that's why they're preseason number one. Even with their loss, they came back in this week ranked number one in every single Pole. Yeah, it seems like <clears throat> beating them in a series. You might beat them once, but beating them in a series is going to be. You're going to hurt. You better bring task. some of them arms out there because yeah. they got arms and they got arms. What's well, a great? It's a, it's a great measuring, you know, kind of barometer for Texas. Kind of measure yourself up against the what is seen as the best team potentially in the country. Yep. Uh, it's a great, you know, great opportunity for those young guys. I'm happy. I'm happy for them. I'm excited for them. Yeah, Dylan Cruz five sixty five. Gavin uh, Dugas. 478. Braden Joe Bear hit two home runs yesterday, and one of them was almost into the swimming pool in right field. Um, he's batting 450. Jared Jones, the freshman I was telling you about, 409. Jared Thompson, shortstop, 391. Trey Morgan, first baseman, uh, 304. Brady Neal, the catcher, 300. Tommy White, the Tommy Tanks. I told you, he's not even hitting yet. Tommy he's Tanks. only hitting 200 right now. And it just goes on and on and on. They got they got talent up and down that lineup, and then the arms are very impressive as well. All right, yeah. yeah. So uh, that is a nice breakdown, nice scouting report on LSU and uh, ton, why, why they are expected to win it all because they are loaded with a ton of talent. So Texas will have their hands full tomorrow. But you can listen to that game live right here on one zero four nine the Horn. All right, we come back. We'll get into um, our off the record. So what happens? When you try to make a bad movie on purpose, right. we'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful number. D D Mega Doo Doo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get. They bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. And this Off the Record is about a movie that debuted this past weekend that apparently is um, is taking the country by storm, gentlemen. Cocaine Bear surpassed <laughs> expectations with a $23 million debut at the domestic box office. Um, the movie, based on the strange 1985 true story of a 175-pound black bear that consumed a significant amount of cocaine left in the Georgia forest, um, sniffed up. Apparently, it was like, uh, I don't know, it, it was apparently like getting like a ton of great uh Reviews overseas, too. Mm -hmm. um, so worldwide, I think they brought the total to $28 million that he got worldwide. But either way, um, right now, it is considered to be a hit. And it's a strange movie genre because 
I think there is a a genre of movies. It's rare, but it happens, and maybe it's not as rare as I think it is. Because um, Snakes on a Plane did this too. Uh-huh. It's a bad movie on purpose, and it's tough to make a bad movie on purpose that's actually entertaining. But it has been done a few times. I think Snakes on a Plane was one of those attempts, yeah. and this is another attempt at it. Right? Yeah, Snakes on a Plane was one of those. It was like it's bad. It's so bad, it's good. Yeah, thing. yeah. That's it is so list. bad because I I know that Samuel L. Jackson cusses a lot. But in that movie, it was over the top. Yeah, it was over the top. It was over the top. Yeah. And it was snakes on a plane. Just think about it. But the cocaine bear is based on a true story, roughly. Well. I mean, some of the other part was extra. It's But like, it was like, a true yeah. story. It, it is. Like, basically, yeah. 15% of it, I yeah. think, is true. The part <laughs> exactly. where the bear sniffs the cocaine, and then when he dies later, everything else in between, I believe, they took a lot of creative license Yeah, away. but that's the thing. is, And this is the key for people miss. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's that it was made to not fit the normal mold of how a movie is done, which normally fails. So it's not right. that it's bad, but they're like, look, we're just going to do things however we want to do them. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But that's like if you have a jump shot and you shoot it all weird, sometimes you can make that jump shot go in, but odds are it's going to be a bad jump shot. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm saying. With Bill this, Cartwright shot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill Cartwright, yeah. my dude. Man. That's, that's what, what you're talking about. But that's like, so that's the movie. They're just like, we're just going to do whatever we want. We think it's funny, so we'll do it. And it, it apparently worked. I had friends who went and saw it this weekend and said it was hilarious. Oh, no, I haven't heard a bad review about it yet. And right. I mean, in fact, this is a guy movie, correct? Have you heard a woman yet? Have you had a female review no, this movie? I will also to say, say good? Don't, don't take your woman to it. She I, does not I will also say, movie. there's probably something to be said for managing expectations beforehand. Well, that if it's called expe- cocaine bear. Well, no, no, no. But, <laughs> but you're, if you walk into a movie going, look, as long as it's not terrible, I'll enjoy this movie, as opposed to going into a movie that everyone's like, this is the greatest movie you will ever see. And if it's not the greatest movie ever, you're like, well, that was a disappointment. So you're managing your expectations walking into Cocaine Bear was like, if it's a good movie, then it's a great movie. As long as it's a good movie experience, yeah. I have no problem with it. As long as I have fun while I'm there, I usually don't get all hostility and, you know, sanctimonious about movies. It's entertainment. But I agree with you, Patrick. I think people when, you know, and I, if you have high expectations for a movie called Cocaine Bear, then you need to reevaluate your entire life, period. Right. You should have low <laughs> expectations either way. But yeah, I do. I think it's. I don't know if, like I said, they just wanted to make their own type of movie. I do think there is, like, remember what's the movie about the, um, like, an alligator, like Lake Placid or something? Yeah, there's this? Lake Placid. Oh, Lake Placid. that was just so, that, remember, too big of an alligator. Yeah, alligator. Remember, was it Deep Blue Sea is another yes. one of these? Deep Blue Sea. I think Lake Placid had Betty White in it. Yes, it's excellent. So yeah. I, do, I think they, it, it's like, like I say, it's a good, bad movie. It's an attempt to make a good, bad movie. Is, uh, is Deep Blue Sea the one that is that the one that like spoiler alert everybody? But I believe that's the one where Sam Jackson gets killed in like the first five minutes. Yeah, I think you're right about and that. And he's on the I think yeah, like that's one of those things. At the very it's beginning like, of it. Yeah. He's doing the he's doing the speech like we're gonna do this and that. Yes. And he just comes up and eats him. That is true. Yeah. So like they know the gimmick yes. and they're like, yeah. look, man, if we just do enough of these gimmicks, it will be good. Then you're right. It is. It's it's basically they know all the bits of those types of movies and the. It, it's basically mocking the bits a little bit <laughs> yeah. in the movie. So I like it. I, I I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna go to the movies to see it, uh, but I'm yeah. gonna see it. Are yeah, you going to movies? No. I have to see it. Harsh? Well, I know no. 
I thought uh, I thought the that man. there was gonna be I like that. I thought there was gonna be an outing by Jeff Howe, Craig Way, and Cameron Parker of Light the Tower. They were gonna have a field trip where all of them it? were gonna go see it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I know Jeff was really excited about going yeah, to see it. Oh, yeah, that. they were talking about, about it for they were a while. talking about going to do it. Um, oh, someone says, yeah, don't forget about Sharknado. Yes. Yes. yes Sharknado. Well, no, but pro- Sharknado falls into the other category because that was made for TV. It is. It's so, true. Good point. So that was not a feature film release. Yes, good point. So good there point. was not quite the budget and everything else that went into this. No, I mean, I, my buddies went. I They said they had a great time. I'm not the type to go to movie theaters very often anyway. And for that. I'm I, not going for that. No, no. I, like, I'm like, <laughs> that's when I'd rather watch Drunk at my house. Agreed. Like on my couch. Where and then can I can pause it, it whenever yes, I want to, too. And I'm just, just like, about to I'm like, oh, no, you know what? I'm going to pause it and have this conversation about how that's hilarious now for 20 minutes yep. and not have to sit through it in wow. 90 minutes straight of it. Death Eater says Deep Blue Sea got two sequels. Oh, my God. I don't remember that. <laughs> that's amazing. That. I didn't even know. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and Death Eater says my niece loved it. She's 23 and gave it 10 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, and by the way, thank you, CB. Uh, he says Elizabeth Banks directed Cocaine Bear, mm-hmm. so it's not just a guy. Movie. No, I know, but it's mostly a guy movie. Like guy, I know it's not necessarily a guy. Well, she movie, makes but movies guy. for guys sometimes. Yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, yeah, it is a movie that mostly guys are gonna go see. Like my wife has no interest in seeing Cocaine <laughs> Bear. I can tell you that right now. I'm gonna have to go solo to go see Cocaine Bear because wifey is not gonna go see it. You know that was already out, right? She's like, nah. no. I, I was like, I was, I was interested when I saw it. I was like, this might be interesting. She's like, you would think that's interesting. And I was like, all right. Obviously, I'm going to see that by myself. Solo. Uh, yeah, but I like, I like, I like a good bad movie. I can watch a good bad movie. I'll watch, I'll watch any bad movie. I don't really care. Like, it doesn't. It's not that big a deal. I'm not offended by it. Now, uh, I do think I have not heard that Cocaine Bear has a song. That's a terrible song that goes with it. I think it might be missing that because Deep Blue Sea did have. Uh, LL Cool J's no. my, shats, my hat's like a shark fin No That's right My hat's like a shark fin no. Yeah cause remember He no, had it, that in that's his That's not real When he said I'm bad oh. My hat's like a shark my fin My hat's like a shark fin <laughs> Oh That's real Are you serious I've never heard that before no, no. The only reason I know is, is because I have enough Dumb friends Who will say stuff like that When <sighs> They're like, oh, yeah, my hat's like a shark's fin. You're like, what does that mean? They're like, oh, no, no, it's Deep Blue Sea thing. That is amazing. So you need a bad song to really escalate your movie. That's true. If you want to make a good bad movie, you're going to need a terrible gimmicky kind of cliched song somehow. All right. Well, Cocaine Bear is out there. And I hear, yeah, now they're making someone's, they're making Meth Gator. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a straight to TV film. Yeah, like they're making, they've been making Meth Gator in Florida for 30 years. Accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Meth Gators in Florida. <laughs> for that's real. For sure. uh, all right, a little cocaine bear conversation there. All right, we come back. We'll get into NFL news, notes, and nuggets. Cowboys, Texans complete their coaching staffs. Bryce Young not throwing at the combine. Bijan will perform at the combine. Bears leaning toward trading their top overall pick. And should the Cowboys be looking at Jalen Ramsey? And also Stephen A. Smith breaking NFL's Stories about Lamar Jackson. Come on. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.